0: there. Thunderlips is here. In the flesh, baby.
1: (laughs) Oh my god.
0: The ultimate male versus the
1: ultimate meatball.
0: Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? A Society Podcast, Anchor Edition, ESP, Fight Society, uh, Episode 6. We are back. Um, I just want to shout out everyone that's helped with the Fight Society so far. I know we've only gotten five episodes in, so Azizu, of course, uh, Mike, Brian, Brother Courtney, and geez, I can't remember. Uh, who else? I don't know, everyone. I mean, some there's so many members of the uh, the E-Society that's out there right now. But um, we are going to welcome a new member to the E-Society. Uh, you guys heard him on a few episodes back in the MacNess podcast. He is the host of Native Film Talk. Uh, the last time he was here on the network, he was just a college student. But now, Ian Allison... Is a college graduate. I have no idea <laughs> for what uh, what you were majoring in, but brother, congratulations, Ian Allison, brother. Hey,
1: thanks a lot. Yeah, I uh, I, I was going to school. I actually was doing full time, so I was college. So I have for a lot of free time now um, for the family. I was a college student and working full time, so I was getting my master's in business administration at uh, Arizona State. So thankfully, that's all behind me, and I can spend more time on the pod and. For those of you that don't know Native Film Talk, it's a podcast about where it's just me. I talk about uh, rep- native representation in film and television, and occasionally I'll have occasionally I'll have a guest on, but for the most part, it's just me just talking about movies, doing a deep dive. It could be something as small of a scene as you know the natives doing a stampede at the beginning of Back to the Future Three, or it could be as on the nose and uh, significant as you know Last of the Mohicans or um, Dances with Wolves. So. We're getting around to doing all those, and yeah, come check it out. But I'm, I'm happy to be back. It's been a while. When I first talked to you, I think I was in the infancy of the podcast. I'm on episode about to push out 29 now. I think I was still in the single digits when I talked to you.
0: Yeah, it was a while ago. I mean, we've been keeping in touch throughout this whole time. But Yeah, um, for sure. The last episode, Land. Uh See, that I mean, I've said this on the show, especially if you guys listen to it. If you haven't listened to the interview, go back and and find it. But when the native representation in films, just that little second or that little scene of them being in the uh, trading post was mm-hmm. I love how you just other than just reviewing the rest of the film, but stretching that whole part out. I had to go back and, and rewatch that scene because I remember I, mean, I haven't seen that movie in a while, so. I was like, dang, there was. I I remember the scene after you talked about it, but I was like, wow. I mean,
1: <laughs> that's crazy. To, it to 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 me that that that's the most fun. Like when I watch a movie that's uh, heavy native representation, where there's a lot of representation in it, I, I'm like, yeah, everyone's going to talk about that. What I like is what no one's going to talk about is like Parasite or Zombieland. Um, what I mentioned earlier, Back to the Future Three. Like, no one's really going to dive into those, but I feel like those matter a lot because a lot of non-Native people go to those, not anticipating it, but they get smacked with Native representation, and they're just like, and that that, that frames your mindset, you know, and then usually, too, those are the places where no Natives are hired onto the set, like there's no Native consultant, there's nobody yet, there's no technical advisors, you just get white people and you know just winging it and then that's usually where you get the real true representation of what people think and i think that's a lot of uh, a lot of fun to see and a lot of uh, it's a good conversation to have
0: that's what I love. That's what I love about your show. I mean, as far as I know, you were the only one out there doing this, and it's
1: yeah. perfect. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I'm uh, no, I'm done with school. I'm going to try to add a video element to, to YouTube as much as my wife and son will permit me. I think they're just kind of like every free time I got. They're just like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? You got, <laughs> we got, we got you back. We're not allowing you to just go back and backfill it with the podcast and YouTube. But that's the next step is to start going back. I have 29 episodes out and just i have i i legitimately write five to seven thousand words of notes for every single episode so i have a lot of source material to just pull back from and just start pushing out you know couple it with the scenes and youtubes and um that that's the next piece See,
0: you you're more on top of it than i am i'm just right off the top of my head <laughs> It's too well i do write stuff down but but just to a sentence to, to, to remind me. So, okay. And then I, then I just wing it from there on, but
1: I have to, I I will tell you, I am, I'm envious of you because you can just push record and go. And there's, there's for, for my show, there's a meet, there's, there's a, there's a place where it's more closer to where you are that I need to get to just so I spend less time prepping. Like I'm working on Longmire season one right now. I'm putting way too much effort into the notes. And uh, I think I'm at a writer's block right now that's preventing me from pushing it out. And I'm just like, but I see it. I I, I know what it's about. I I have all enough that I need to go, which I should just push play. But I'm kind of like a slave to the process at this point. I'm like, but I haven't finished my notes to the point where I want it to be. And I'm just like, man. So I might just, after we're done here, um, you know, the Suns and Lakers are about to play. After that game, I think I'll just push play. or push record and I'll just do it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, definitely.
1: Oh, speak, uh, speaking of TV shows, have you checked out uh, Rutherford Falls yet? I watched the first three episodes. I don't have a subscription to Peacock, and I don't have Comcast, so I'm gonna have to buy buy the prescription, the prescription, buy the subscription, and watch the rest of it. But um, yeah, it's I've heard nothing but great things, and the three episodes I did see, holy crap, man, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, we, my wife and I, we watched uh, the whole <laughs>
0: season, and nice, we love it it's it's i've talked about i don't know i think it was the last episode east society we did but um i love it i mean because I, I, i've said that um maybe a lot of non-natives uh don't get get the humor uh and it was funny because one of my friends did he was like i didn't catch something i didn't understand mm. what they were talking about and i was like well i had to explain it and went
1: oh okay but it, you know you know you know what this is <laughs> this this is fear it, I get scared watching this show because I'm like, this might be it. You know, as awesome as it is, I just don't know how much it translates to non native people. Um, and I, it's awesome that Ed Helms is in there. But really, outside of Ed Helms, like the draw really is the kind of like the Parks and Rec type, like style humor. And it's like, you know, Silicon Valley style humor. And it's like, how much of that translates to non-Native people enough to the point where we'll get a second season. And I really hope we get a second season. Um, but it really feels like for once, like if nothing else, this season was made for Natives and you get to watch it and appreciate it at a deeper level. And it's, it's, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. That's what we loved about it. Cause I
0: didn't know anything about it. I mean, once we got Peacock, I mainly got Peacock because of wrestling,
1: but no, nice. <laughs> but. That's a happy accident right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I saw the thumbnail and I was like, "Well, what's this?" Because I saw she was wearing uh, some turquoise.
1: No and shit. So you knew nothing about this show. I knew nothing. You, of it. you stumbled onto this. Oh yeah. my gosh. I man.
0: After I watched it, then I re- I noticed everyone was talking about it, and I was like. I, I did not I did not know. I was like, well, who is this? I knew who Ed Helms was. I was going to watch it regardless because I like him. Mm-hmm. But then when the I clicked on the info to see what it was about, the trailer started. So we just watched it. And I was like, oh, my God. I stopped it halfway through the trailer. We're going to watch this. And were we shocked and amazed? And uh, we both love it. We want to watch the whole season again. And I've been telling...
1: All my native friends and family, you guys gotta watch this show. <laughs> yeah, I I really feel like if an Indian country goes out and shows up and watches it, I think even our viewership alone can be enough to contribute for another season. I always think of it of like Shoni Schimmel when she won the uh, All Star game or was like sent to the All Star game for um, the WNBA. Like she had didn't have the stats to do it, but like the natives showed up and voted her in, and she became the wmba all-star uh player of the game that year she was the mvp and i feel like for native people like it's just like that we just need that platform to get there to show up to show what we can do and then we'll we'll show out
0: yeah i mean so i mean that's how i feel definitely and <laughs> i did i do feel you when you were saying is this gonna get a second season because as i was watching it i was thinking the whole time i was like not a lot of people are gonna get this humor but uh and will there be a second season? Because when it was said and done, even my wife said that, do you think they'll get another one? I'm like,
1: my fingers are crossed and I hope so. I sure hope so. so I mean, you got the guy Dustin Milligan. He's got a good, I feel like he brings a good following from, he's a guy Josh in the in the show. He brings a good following from Schitt's Creek. Ed Helms brings a good following. And I, I feel like those two characters alone, I hope we'll get enough at least people to start watching. But there's so much subtlety in there, man. It's, what, what, what gets me concerned is it's a role it's a real touchy issue like I feel like already because of the way the story is written, you're gonna attract like a very like liberal audience and like conservatives aren't gonna be about it just because of the nature of the TV show even though it's making fun of that whole thing I just I, I feel like the plot in itself was a little divisive and then you add like the heavy native representation into it where it's like a little too much of like insider humor and it's like man, but I can tell you though, see this this will never go away. It, it, it's out there forever. You know, season one of Rutherford Falls, we can hold on to that. Like that's the new smoke signals. We can look at that, and be like, fuck yeah, we got this.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's an awesome show. For those of you that have Peacock and you haven't watched it yet, definitely uh, check it out. It's an amazing For show. For sure. But uh, we could be here all night talking about native rep, native rep representation in films and TV and Rutherford Falls because that show's awesome. <laughs> I can't push that show enough but
1: uh yeah check it out everybody
0: fight society six we are here and uh you, you i told you uh how are you doing this <laughs> just pick favorite uh fight scenes from either films or tv
1: man it was hard so i i, I stuck with i stuck <laughs> with movies i stuck with movies i didn't want to do tv because i feel like well at that point is like do i want to go down the anime route and i'm like how much is mech there's no one about anime. I don't want to go down too far into the rabbit hole where we can't have a conversation. It's me just talking about it. But I chose three movies that, like, framed my childhood at different stages of my life that, like, I always just hold on to and I'll, like, watch these montages on YouTube over and over. Uh, the first one is uh, freaking Bloodsport. Chong Lee versus Frank Dukes, man. That's, 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 that's king for me. That's a great one. And then the other was... Uh, Oh, Rocky,
0: hold on, hold, on, hold
1: on. Oh, go ahead. Just, just do one at a time. We're, we're
0: gonna, we're gonna go back oh, and okay. forth. So okay. So just, okay. just, talk about uh, bloodsport.
1: <laughs> yeah. So bloodsport. Um, I mean, those of you that that, that if, you, if you haven't seen it, and you have no idea. You're missing out. It's um, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme in his prime. He faces off against. You know, it's a, it's a the bloodsport is is the tournament itself. It's the kumite that takes place. It's a, it's a fight. And he's a the non uh, Asian person, a non Asian descent. Goes and ends up getting trained by uh, Tanaka, uh, who becomes his Shidoshi. He's like a legendary, uh, family from legendary trainer from the Tanaka family. And his son ends up passing away earlier in the movie. We don't get a reason why, cause it's a freaking, <laughs> it's a nineties movie. They don't explain those kinds of things, but, uh, he eventually trains, goes to the Kumite. He's the only, you know, person from the United States outside of his other friend, um, He's really, really ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. I don't remember his name. <laughs> That's all I see him as, and I'm sure everyone else. <laughs> I don't remember his name in Bloodsport. Um, but yeah, so he and then he goes in, he makes his way through the tournament and the last freaking tournament and they and they build it up. They build the suspense. As soon as you get there, you see that Chong Li is the favorite. And it's like human cockfighting because the entire audience is like betting on these fights throughout and Frank Dukes is in the military and he sneaks off base to go escape to go fight in this Kumite underground fighting tournament and he makes it to the championship round and he fights against Chong Lee and it's just a badass fight man and um it yeah i think Chong Lee i think the reason why that fight is so cool is because of the i mean it's the 90s they got they got great montages leading up to it the the the, the training that he has with his shidoshi the you know he has a moment where he has to reflect back to his training when he's like blindfolded during his training and um i'm sorry this is 1988 what am i saying not in the 90s um <laughs> but so chong lee chong lee is a dirty fighter a little bit and he's the only person that like takes a life in the movie like he actually kills uh, a person during the during the tournament and so when so that's like looming over him that he has the potential to be taken but it's also this is no rules so in the middle of this fight why i liked it is uh frank dukes is clearly the superior fighter but then chong lee levels the playing field by crushing up it looks like a piece of aspirin or something i don't know what it is he takes it out of his belt his elastic band in his belt and he crumbles it up and he throws it into frank dukes's face and frank can't see shit at this point, he just does this, like, he's, like, just holding his, like, the, the the butt of his palm over his eyes. He just, like, can't see anything, and he ends up getting his, uh, he really, at this point, is, like, dead to rights, like, he's done, and then he, like, channels his inner energy and, like, looks back to the, earlier in the film, when he, uh, when his Shidoshi, when the Tanaka eventually decides to bring him on as his student, and he's, like, channeling that when he was training blindfolded. And like serving tea and grabbing a fish out of the water. You're just like, my gosh. And then he eventually, you know, gets his wits together and finishes off freaking Chong Li. And it was, it was badass. Do you remember that? Do you remember that movie? Yeah. I'm actually watching this,
0: watching it while you're talking about it. And mm-hmm. I, we saw this, uh, some friends of mine. Uh, we were just starting to get into uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Nice. Cause at this point, I think the only movies we were seeing were the, the ones that were going straight to video. Um, mm. the, the first no, well, the first one we, the first film I saw him, he wasn't the main star in it. It was a film that came out in the eighties, late eighties. It was called No Retreat, No Surrender. He played a Russian uh, karate guy, and so he was he was the bad guy, mm. and he could not act to save his life. But to, <laughs> but his his fighting always speaks for itself. I mean, not to say every Van Damme movie is awesome, but. Uh, I love majority of them, <laughs> but this, this one was awesome. So when, when this came out and we saw who was in it, we we're like, dude, we got to go see this, man. Cause it's, it's more of a big budget production. And we know who, who Bolo young was. We knew who he was because of, uh, uh, enter the dragon mm-hmm. and, uh, some other films that he had done. So we were like, oh man, we got to go see this. And this was right around the time during the fighting games. So we were like, we were all about these type of things earlier fighting games not the mortal Kombat's or street fighters just yet unless they just came out. i can't really quite remember exactly when but we we're like oh my god we were blown away by this and what i really what i love about this whole tournament the kumite was how the uh, the little arena basically just the platform that they were fighting on how nice and white it was from the beginning and when we get to this final fight you just see i think yeah all the blood and everything
1: all over it yeah i think that was the coolest part is like to to show the time passing they would just show it more blood being accumulated on this and what what i thought was cool was the entire tournament it was like it's basically this tempur mattress looking fight like mat. it's all flat the entire movie but then at the very end the ends of it get kicked up like it's a you know like it's a college cot or something that turns into a couch like i don't understand why it did that but i was i'm here for it like i i didn't i didn't care at the time i thought that was a cool addition to the ring it's freaking it,
0: awesome i thought it gave van Dam more of a boost to do those flying kicks
1: <laughs> for sure yeah because if he had the high ground it was it was easier for him to uh, generate more power you know doing his uh doing his roundhouse kicks what I thought was cool too was Van Damme. I always, I always just really like Van Damme movies in general, but this was king for me. I really like Double Impact, you know, uh, Time Cop, uh, Kickboxer. My uncle, my uncle is uh, twelve years older than me, and so he's basically like my older brother. He was the youngest of my uh, my my mom's siblings, and so he grew up. In, he was like in high school when I was, I don't know, five or six. And so he started showing me all these movies, and so this is what I grew up watching. And man, Bloodsport—I couldn't get enough of it. It was—it was—it was, it was one of the best movies I had seen at the time. And I just couldn't—you know—I mean, because it was—it was like an adult version, but it wasn't too—I don't know. It, it wasn't too heavy on the plot. Like it knew what it was. It was like you're here because of John Claude Van Damme. You're here to watch some freaking awesome fights. And until, like, three ninjas came out, like, there wasn't anything for the kids. So we had, you know, we had to settle with Bloodsport. Not settle, but, you know, that was, like, the only thing we had at the time. It was freaking awesome. And quick little res story. I remember going uh, to my uncle's house and my cousin
0: really, really being into Van Damme. Mm. And we watched this over and over. I mean, that tape was watched. You can (laughs) – for those of you that are familiar with VHS tapes, when you watch them too many – it's the the quality starts to get bad. You get the little yep. track marks and everything all over it, and uh, you can tell which scenes he watched over and over. And the ending was all messed up. <laughs> 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 that that was just the time, but yeah, this movie is awesome. Uh, I loved it. Um, the whole you know, montage things of the fightings uh, throughout the film. I always thought that was awesome as well.
1: Yeah, I I really like the fighting in it, and what I what I really came to appreciate over in life you know i i used to watch this youtube video over and over um of of just the montages of this movie and blood sport and i think the soundtrack so so the kumite music too they just like the kumite kumite in the background like i have a running playlist and it's the advanced training like they're i think they're both Werner herzog um created tracks but um Man, it just—I have—I have both of those on a playlist and on a loop when I go run and when Advanced Training from Bloodsport hits and when the Kumite song hits and then it's like it's all just '80s and '90s like montage music. So like Karate Kid, you know, You're the Best Around and Danger Zone. I'll have that in there and then just to go run and man, it's just like there's just another level that that that, that gets tapped into when you hear these, when you hear the montages, when you hear that, when you hear the songs from these movies. um but as I got older, what I couldn't believe is Bolo in that movie. Um, I don't know when it was filmed exactly, but he was in his – when that movie came out, he was 41. And I didn't know Bolo was a former bodybuilder, like former Mr. China at some point, like just before this movie came out. And he was like in his late 30s, I guess, you know, 39, 38 when this movie was filmed. He was jacked. You know, for a freaking, you know, you never see you never see Chinese dudes jack like that. At least in movies, you know, I, you know, the movies I watched, I never saw people like that. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, because majority of the martial arts films being Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan. Um, when I was a kid growing up, yeah, nobody was really this big. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe one every 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 other movie, but it wasn't a lot. But when Enter the yeah, Dragon but- came out, yeah, when he. Walked onto the screen, we we're like, damn, that
1: guy's hella big. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the other thing too is when they were big, they were more like sumo big. Like they were they they just had girth, and 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 they were just bigger to be big. Like they didn't have, they weren't size and freaking you know cut like Bolo was. Um, yeah, so Chong Li, I think that's what made him a more formidable foe to me, uh, because he looked different than everybody else in the movie, and he wasn't just this. I don't know, super soldier-looking person. I mean, he was in a way, but he wasn't. What what I like most about Bloodsport is everyone had a different skill set that they brought. It was very much like Street Fighter, where like everyone was had a very different skill set. Like they, this, this wasn't like MMA where they just have like a variety of the same skill sets. Like you had one guy that like channeled like this, basically like ape-like movement. You had this like guy who looked like a big sumo wrestler, like E Honda from Street Fighter, and. Um, I thought it was just a great, you know, you had people that were kickboxers, and then you had Jean Claude Van Damme. I think it was just, it was just a freaking wonderful movie. The the style that stood out to me in this was um the the young black
0: gentleman, the mm-hmm. I don't know monkey style. I don't know yeah. what you call I'm not, it. <laughs> I'm not sure what you call it either. But I never saw that in my life. No, I mean I, when when I see guys doing it now, just only because they're they're copying. Uh, yeah. Bloodsport I mean it's mm-hmm. no it's like a no disrespect thing but they're like oh man then once once you do it everyone laughs and you know they're doing Bloodsport but I mean that style I mean watching it that style does it does help man because he's he's really moving and, and just he's all over the place yeah mm-hmm. so I mean I'm sure it would be hard to fight someone like that
1: <laughs> yeah for sure it was um it was pretty awesome to see I I I, I haven't I've have yet to see another movie like that I mean there's I think it's I don't know when the bloodsport, you know, removing the name of the movie, but like the, just the bloodsport tournament, um, I guess genre got kicked off because for a while there, that was like, you know, like tournament fighting movies. That was it for a bit. I think people tried to ride that wave and tried to jump on and get that get that money, however much they could for that for that. I guess just plot because that was real popular for a while there. Did you see the sequels? Um, just the second one. I didn't go all the way to four. I think it's. I think four is all the way it goes.
0: Yeah, I I tapped out after the second one.
1: <laughs> it wasn't the I, same. <laughs> you know, once you know, once you don't have JCVD, I was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I'll, I'll give this guy a shot, and I'm like, Ah, okay, good. Mm-hmm.
0: I can live the rest of my life not seeing the rest, but mm-hmm, for sure, curiosity. But if I do, maybe just the fight scenes in it. But... All right, everyone. yeah. Keeping with the eighties. I'm rolling in my first one. It's a film that came out in 1982. And uh, it's actually the third film in in the whole series. And this is a scene from Rocky III when uh, Rocky Rocky takes on uh, WWF superstar at the time, uh, Hulk Hogan. But in the film, he is Thunder Lips. Thunder Lips, (laughs) yes.
1: Man, this is great.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I, did, I did when we went and seen this film. We just went to see Rocky, and then when Hulk Hogan walks onto the screen, uh, being a huge wrestling fan since I was a little kid, and being a little Hulkster at the
1: time, I was like, ah, it just blew my mind. That's awesome. <laughs> I wish my my only complaint. I I love that he was Thunder Lips. I love that he was the alpha male. I love that he had that persona. But I wish they could have like just got his rights to like real life and paralleled it and like had like, I'm a real American plan to just like have him come out to that. That would have been, that would have been next level, you know? Like,
0: yeah. From what I understand, Vince McMahon didn't even want him to do this. mm, Yeah. I remember hearing that he was kind of like, well, if you do this, you're, you're done. You'll never work again. And all this. Um, but I think, uh, being a fan of Hulk, I thought this pushed him, uh, more forward into the into the spotlight. He was already in the spotlight to all of us that, that watched wrestling. But people that didn't, um when they saw this, they were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and, and they just fell in love with Hulk Hogan. And this this scene is amazing. It was it was a charity match. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be like an, an an exhibition, but um the whole thing. He because even Thunderlips is yelling at oh, all all fake all fake because everyone thinks that. Wrestling is fake. It's not fake. It's scripted. It's sports yep. entertainment, everyone. Calm down. Yep. <laughs> but, it's not fake. Yeah. Not fake at all. Because I would not get in the ring with any of these uh, these guys out there. Or even the ladies. I mean, this, they, they'd kick me and throw me all over the oh, place. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those ladies, they, yeah. The, the amount of punishment they take is insane. Yeah, but this scene, I mean, speaking of punishment, that's all it was. This whole scene was just uh Lips just wrecking uh the italian stallion and i loved how he just used all his moves he used his elbows he used his leg drops the the suplexes everything and it was all sylvester stallone that took all this abuse and
1: my yeah my my favorite of the moves he used was the leg drop how they how they cinematically like made that it was beautiful they had that like almost like jet engine sound when he was like jumping up and like slowly coming down and uh gosh it was just like as he was coming up oh it was just it was amazing and i loved how i loved how it was a it was almost like a preview to um you know rocky five i hate i hate rocky five but like the street (laughs) fighting part where they like took his gloves off and he actually like that was the way he could actually take it to thunder lips yeah because I mean, it was
0: cool. I mean, even uh, Paulie, uh, Rocky's brother-in-law, he he oh, ju- yeah. he jumped in. That's right, because he had um, uh, Thunderlips has uh, Rocky up by the throat, and yeah, yep. Paulie jumps in, hits him in the chair, and goes, "I don't sweat you." Oh yeah, <laughs> Hogan grabs him and bzzz, gets him in the net in the head, and he goes down. <laughs> And this this I mean this stuff reminds me of old wrestling especially the old WWF or even just indie shows when uh if, you, if fans didn't like the way the match was going they would throw things in the ring mm. now you can't do that I mean it's <clears throat> it's rare something comes flying into the ring but during the, these times in, in the 80s and as well as even the 70s wrestling you were just displeased with the match, or you didn't like uh, a character. You start throwing things at him. I mean, that was just that's awesome. It that was fun back then. Uh, indie shows sometimes they they let you do that, but this he, whole the whole scene
1: was awesome. Was so I'm I'm looking at his filmography. This was his first ever movie. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, because uh, from what
0: I understand, uh, he was big at the time. But um, since when Stallone was writing the story, he kind of just wanted to not just be boxing and everything because he was a fan mm-hmm. of wrestling. He said, and then he reached out to him if he could do it, and he was like, yeah. Then he had to go through the agent, then go through Vince, and Vince was the one saying, no, 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 you, you, you can't do it. It'll ruin your career, and it, this made his career even bigger. I mean, today Hulk Hogan, he's he's not in the ring. He's just. I don't think he can do it anymore, but he still makes uh, his representation clear when he shows up. Like you said, when his music hits, everybody knows what it is, mm-hmm. and we just go nuts. I've met Hulk Hogan at no Comic- shit. I met him one year at Comic Con, and I just I couldn't <clears throat> oh believe it. I mean, the, the little Hulkster that I was growing up, and I just I could not believe it. Shaking oh his oh my god, shaking his hand. I was
1: like oh my god, his hands are. huge huge i'm sure man he used to be six eight or was, <laughs> yeah. was taller yeah that's insane dude man congratulations that's a that's a life accomplishment right there that's he, like a, i can die now moment
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because uh, we when he came walking into the the hotel we were staying at they were having some kind of party he came walking in this was after he was he was divorced and everything he came in with some young blonde and everybody was like, oh, my God, who was that? Who was that? Because that's all you saw walk through the door. And then seconds later, in walked uh Thunderlips. And I was like, oh. oh, my God. I wasn't even looking at that girl. anymore; she was out of my mind. Everybody ran over there and was taking pictures of her. I don't even know who she was. I don't know if she was a somebody or what. But <laughs> I ran over to him. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I cannot believe it. I said, I, I'm a huge fan. And he was like, right on, man. Thanks, Thanks. That's what I loved about him he was real appreciative because I was like oh man I love this match I love that match and i loved you in rocky three and he just went, oh man that was fun and it was it was awesome and I got a picture with him and i just the, the expression on my face I, I just couldn't believe it and he was so cool and uh i'm glad that I got to meet one of my all-time favorite wrestlers uh, and it's that's why I think this scene to me is other than just me being the fan that i was at the time and still i'm still a huge Hulk Hogan fan, But this scene was just amazing. And seeing it for the very first time, just like being blown out of the way, Uh, just to see Hulk Hogan on the big giant movie screen, sitting there fighting Rocky, another legendary character that I grew up with. And yeah, this scene I can watch over and over, and I love it. Yes, I love Mr. T Mm. as well, but this scene, I think out of all the Rocky films, this scene to me is the very best out of the
1: whole Rocky series. I, I just, yeah, I I think I loved the persona that he adopted because, I mean, that shows, I wrestlers don't get enough credit for how good of an actor they can be. Yeah. And the persona that he adopted, like, he was Thunder Lips. He was in character as hell for this movie. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm, from what I understand, he did pretty much just... um off the top of the head, spit out his lines. Yeah, they kind of gave him the, the premise. All right, this is what you want to do. But, I mean, he was being himself. He was being that heel wrestler.
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't be cool. surprised if that was all ad lib. You know, the ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was all him. You know, like, nobody writes that. That's that's Hulkster all the way. <laughs> yeah, so. All right. That was great. What you know, you I, I, w- I will say before I give my movie, it was because of this movie that – I knew who Hulk Hogan was because I, I saw this movie before I got into wrestling, and then when I started watching wrestling, this wasn't the Hulk that I knew. So it was cool to see the older Hulk. You know, the Hulk when I started watching wrestling was NWO versus WCW, so <laughs> he was a he was a different Hulk at that time. I was Hollywood and, Hogan? <laughs> yeah, he was Hollywood at that point, and so it was a very different Hulkster. And so I, I looking back and watching that, is also why I wouldn't watch uh I found Suburban Commando that was like a childhood favorite of mine and uh Mr. Nanny I I grew up watching those those <laughs> two also just because of uh this movie I'm like oh is he in any other movies and my uncle was like yeah he's in this trash movie called Suburban Commando but I love that movie <laughs> um but anyway so the, to to stay with rocky movies i the my second one is rocky 4 but it is Ivan Drago versus Sylvester Stallone and uh, i don't know if you've, anybody has brought that one up yet but that is man that is that that that, that is a fight i mean we learn in rocky 5 that that took everything from him like that was the fight that just broke him mentally and physically and it just took a toll on him and you can see it in the movie that it's it's going to take everything he has. I think even just leading up to this fight, like he had uh, Ivan Drago earlier in the movie, had challenged to another exhibition. Here we go, an exhibition fight to Apollo Creed because Ivan Drago is this roided up guy from the USSR that is just you know just taking out fools left and right. And they're like, well, you know, you can do all that in Russia, but you go and fight a real fighter like Apollo Creed, a real champion, even though he's past his prime. You know, he'll take you to school and he'll show you what real boxing's all about. And they do. They have an exhibition where it's Ivan Drago versus Apollo Creed. And he kills Apollo Creed in the ring. And the rest of the movie is Rocky debating whether or not he really should take the fight. And he does. And they decide to do it in Russia, another exhibition fight. And Rocky is still fighting at the time. And so he is not yet over the hill, but he's 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 toward the end of his career, and so people are doubting his abilities. And he goes and fights or trains really, you know, kind of just real gritty. He gets a log cabin in the woods, and um, Apollo's old trainer comes and trains him, trains with him, and you know they have these great montages where they show them training side by side, Ivan Drago and uh, Rocky. But uh, but but we do learn that throughout the entire movie. That Ivan Drago is being roided up. He's getting shots of steroids you know, from time to time in the montages. And so it looks like it's kind of going to be a fair fight. It looks like Rocky's like in over his head. And the fight starts, and he is in over his head. I mean, Rocky has a significant uh, height disadvantage. He looks like he is outweighed uh, by Ivan Drago by at least 20, 30 pounds. Because freaking Dolph Lundgren's a massive human being. And so he's he's much taller than Stallone. He's much bigger than Stallone, and he has like unprecedented punching power. And so you're just like, how many of these shots that he can take? And once the barrage starts, it turns into a war. And what I love about this too is in the in the um, in the soundtrack for this, the montage where they're like just ex- exchanging blows and hitting each other, punch for punch. It's the 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 soundtrack for that for that. Uh, that part of the movie is called war because that's exactly what it was. They're just going punch for punch, seeing who can withstand the most pain. And I think that's why I like this one the most because it's 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 the closest to Rocky 1 as any of the other fights where it's just like who's going to take the most punishment. And in the very end, what I love about it toward the end of the movie or during the, in the middle of the montage, they take a monologue break or a dialogue break. And Rocky's just like, I'm good. I'm good. I got it. I got it. And then while they're sitting there in between rounds, and then they go to Ivan Drago, and he says in Russian, he's like, this, this man's not human. You know, he's like a piece of iron. And then he cuts him later in the movie, and Apollo's trainer tells Rocky, he's like, look, you cut him. He is a man. He can bleed. You could take him down. And I love how they just, with that scripting of just, like, one side, it's like, this guy isn't superhuman. Like, you cut him, he can bleed. If he can bleed, you can kill it, very much like Predator. Um, And then you go to Ivan Drago, and he's just like, everything I throw at this guy, I've never seen anybody. Like, no matter what happens, I could punch him with the hardest punch I have, and he can't go down. He's like a piece of iron, and Rocky eventually triumphs. And then he makes this big old, you know, if if we can be friends, you know, we all can be friends kind of thing. But, um, you know, that's kind of beside the point. But to me, that was one of the greatest fight scenes I've ever seen. Um, And still, I just... I go on YouTube occasionally and just watch that. and be like, all right, I'm ready to go work out now. <laughs> I'm ready to get after it. See,
0: this is a film. I mean, we're already, what, three films already in. This is the fourth film that hits. And I remember my brother took me to go see this. And, um, yeah, you cheer and clap uh, during films, being whatever you're watching. But to me, I think Rocky films was more of just – like, an, it was an actual fight we were watching. We were cheering. We were on the edge of our seats. And just, we couldn't believe it. I mean, we the, the crowd was in there screaming Rocky and this and that. And it was, it was awesome. And then, mm-hmm. other than the fighting, I loved all of it. But what I really loved about it is these two fighters were totally two different uh, kinds of athletes. And like you said, Rocky was, I'm not saying he was over the hill, because he... Obviously, continued with the next few films, but he was fighting for different reasons, or both of them were fighting for different reasons. It seemed like Rocky was fighting more for his friend, um, not much of as a revenge thing, but just to just to help fight his little uh, battles inside of his head as well within his family. And Drago was it to me, it seemed to me that he was fighting more for um respect because when, when creed 2 came out um that it's what that's what he said he wanted the respect of uh, of his comrades from from mm-hmm. russia and once he when he <clears throat> lost his fight i mean that's why he lost all his respect because he told rocky he's like look when when you beat me i didn't just lose a fight man i lost everything i mean he lost yeah. his wife he lost just the respect uh from uh, he was he was a military man, so they he just lost everything. And that that, that was that was tough. I mean I didn't think Creed 2 was that good of a film, but when when you see Rocky and Drago again facing each other, they I wish they would have left the scene in when they did they had a fight scene in the movie, but they cut it. Uh I wish they would have left that in. But it, it was just amazing um, on how that story continued because that scene in, in Creed 2 when Drago was talking to Rocky when he was leaving and he was like, well, no, he was sitting and he was asking, telling, like, I like all the pictures. And he goes, how come there's none of us? And he's like, there isn't any. He goes, that, mm. that doesn't exist. See, that it was a totally different thing. Because Rocky had his accomplishment, accomplishments on the wall, but that one he just didn't. He didn't want anything. Yes, the world watched it and everything, and everybody knew about it, but he just didn't. He he fought uh, for totally different reasons uh, for that fight. But I mean, this fight is awesome, man. I loved it.
1: I felt, I felt, uh, I felt such justification of my love for it when Creed Two came out because it showed that that many people loved the first one, <clears throat> or at least Rocky Four, to like continue that storyline. It wasn't even cheesy at all. When they were like, when they, when they showed Dolph Lundgren that he was gonna be in it, I'm just like, oh my god, this is fucking nuts. Like, I I wasn't I was here for it. I wasn't even mad that they were gonna. I wasn't even worried they were gonna mess it up. I'm just like, God, this is insane. Like that storyline was so beautiful. Um, the execution was you know left a little bit to be desired here and there, but man, overall, I just was like, this 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 was life. And yeah, I I I just love too how. Even in the middle of that fight, you know, like the the head comrades of the USSR are trying to tell him, like, hey, do something. You know, we're giving you roids. We give you all these state of the art facilities to show the USSR, the Soviet Union's dominance over the rest of the world. And this is how, this is the showing you give us. And I love how Drago is just like, you know, I don't fight for you, I fight for me. And, um, you can, and then so toward the end, you're, you know, after you watch it so many times and you, you know, now how Creed 2 plays out, you watch it again, you kind of like are rooting for Drago a little bit. You feel for him. Um, but I just, I just love how at the very end, right before he takes him down, um, when he's like, he's like when he's punches or lift him off the ground, he has like Drago like kind of hunched over and he's like hitting them just in the ribs. And I love how that's like how Rocky takes him down. Like in general, like like that's how he chops down his opponents. It's always in the gut. And um, aside from Clover Lang, I don't know what happened there. He just went all headshots on that one. But normally like that was his strategy is like go to the body, make him weak, you know, take their legs out from under them and then just chop them down in the top. And so I thought that was beautiful. It was a great one.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what I loved about both of the fights in this film, I mean, when we first see Drago when he's in the ring with Apollo Creed, uh, it was all Apollo, and Drago was just bobbing and weaving and and taking mm-hmm. the punches. But when they, whatever his trainer said uh, in Russian, mm-hmm. then he just just started mm-hmm. hitting him. Uh, I was just like, whoa! And but when this fight happens, the final fight. There was none of that with Drago. No. He's like, as soon as the bell rang, he came out, boom, and he yeah. was, it, yeah. was a, it was a totally different fighter. So I thought that was awesome. And the the training montage you mentioned, I mean, Rocky said it in, in Creed 2. He's like, look, man, that fight with that fighter, dude he he knocked he, he hit me so hard he messed up things in me that can't be fixed because in the montage in this, when he, when they were measuring the, the, the pounds uh, of the the PSI is, yeah, it was like a thousand over a thousand. Like I Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that thousand pounds uh, of pressure hitting you in the head. Because in the next film, in the beginning, we see Rocky. He's in the shower and his hands are shaking and he can't stop. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to the doctor and finds out he's got brain damage from just all, all the fighting and I mean, a lot of boxers have have gone through that, but um, it, it was it, it was crazy on how much <laughs> damage uh, Ivan Drago did, did to Rocky. And I'm, I was kind of glad that they do explain it later in, in the next film and why he retired and everything. But yeah. this, this fight was probably out of all of them. The the ultimate fight. I mean, I if, agree. If, if the first two <clears throat> with, with 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 Apollo Creed were awesome. Uh, but I the, think
1: that was more about the story. Yeah. You know, and not about the fight.
0: I mean like like we said this is these were two these, these fighters had two different reasons on why they mm-hmm. were fighting. And I I loved Stallone his filming style uh, what he did cuz um of course the the fighters do pull the punches. You can see when they're clearly missing and everything, but there's is times where Rocky said, "All right, for this shot you you got to give me, you got to hit me." And mm-hmm. he does it, man. He's, he does what he does for the arts uh, of filmmaking. And uh, I'm glad. I mean, the last uh, Rocky, what was that? Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. when, he, when he actually did get in the ring. I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, it, it was Rocky and all that, so that was cool. But uh, I was happy when Creed Creed came out of the first one. I really loved that first film. I wasn't expecting much or anything out of that one. But, mm-hmm. that again, that kind of went back to... St- the storytelling so I, I really loved it creed 2 uh like again like you said you were excited when we saw drago and rocky i didn't had no idea he was gonna be in it but when that first trailer came out when we see the stare down between rocky and, and draw i was like oh my god yeah i yeah. couldn't believe it <laughs> but yeah this is a definitely a good pick i, I love this fight i mean i of course youtube Whoever invented YouTube, thank you. I mean, just <laughs> the, the scenes, you go right to it. And this whole time we've been talking about it, I, I've been watching it. And just nice you know, the abuse <laughs> that these two uh, these two warriors, I mean, they even said this in, in that one of the commentators goes, this is a war, all-out war in Moscow. I mean, it, it was crazy How <laughs> about this. But all righty, let me get on to uh, my next one. Um, I, I guess this is gonna be the the wrestling show. Um, this is a scene from uh, Fast and Furious Seven. Uh, mm-hmm. This one came out in uh, 2015, and this is the uh, the fight between The Rock and uh, Jason Statham. Uh, I loved it. I mean, because just being a huge wrestling fan and, and loving The Rock and Jason Statham when he came on the scene uh, for me, he wasn't this action star. Uh, I'd seen him in like a, a comedy, one of Guy Ritchie's comedies. But then once he became the transporter and crank, and then once he stepped into this role uh, in the Fast and Furious uh, series, uh, I, w- I just couldn't wait to see him uh, kick some ass. And when we first uh, see him in action, he, he's fighting The Rock, and then one of the, I think it was the FBI building, and it was awesome. Just, Both of them just beating the hell out of each other, crashing through all these windows. And The Rock is a big dude, other than he's just huge and and massive and and muscle. And Jason Statham's short, Mm -hmm. but he's quick. uh, Out of all the films we've seen him fighting in, he's he's always been just an an amazing fighter. Yeah, those movies aren't the greatest, but every time he's kicking ass on the screen, man, we love it. Um, But this scene, I was always... um, before this film came out, I was like, how come The Rock doesn't do uh, really any of his wrestling moves? But uh, as far as that I know of, maybe someone can tell me that I'm wrong. He does his one of his
1: signature moves in this. He does the rock bottom. He does the rock bottom, yep. <laughs> I haven't seen him do the rock bottom since um, the rundown. I think he did the rundown in that one. Oh, he did the rock bottom in the rundown. Was it was it the rundown with uh, Sean Carter Williams? Was that his name? And uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. when he went to like South America. All right, I'm gonna blow your mind. This is like the,
0: maybe the third or fourth time we've talked about the rundown. I've never seen it.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, he was still. I, I don't. I think he was trying to be. This is like the first movie I saw where he was like trying to be. I, I think he didn't even try to be Dwayne johnson i think he was the rock in this one still so and he had hair so i think just that alone you should go watch it <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've seen a few fight scenes but i've never actually like sat down and watched uh, the whole movie um a few of the guys that, that have come on the show and we've talked about it uh actually uh, shout out to taylor uh, one of the episodes he came on he was talking about um one of the fights from the rundown and i had to blow his mind away like i never i never seen i've seen this fight
1: but i've never seen the whole movie so Ray's junior in there is shredded i could not believe it i was like man he's back
0: i wish he would do more Um, i agree i mean he's he's a good little actor i mean he's just uh, i love seeing him growing up but his fighting skills are awesome i'm Unless someone can tell me he's in a, he's made a ton of movies and I just haven't seen them. But I mean, it's—I think it's awesome. Not Surf Ninjas. I mean, I do like that movie, but
1: <laughs> yeah, good old Rob Schneider. You gotta love Surf Ninjas. <laughs> yeah,
0: but um, this fight scene is awesome. And what I loved about it, it was both of them pretty much the whole fight. I mean, there there was wasn't really um i think maybe the during the the really excessive stunts crashing yeah. the windows it might have been other people but majority of it was <clears> them
1: <throat> and i love i like it. i liked it too because the the vin diesel the rock fight i'm like i, I wasn't there for it i'm like there's no hype around this because they have the same fighting style you expect me to believe that vin diesel could even hold a candle against the rock but jason statham that's a different story you know like i feel like because he's a legitimate martial artist and the Rock is the Rock. I feel like I can kind of make amends in my mind that like this is an actual fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ben Diesel. Yeah, I, I liked him in a lot of things, but yeah, I mean, I sit there. I mean, every time the Rock starts kicking ass and you see someone that's not up to
1: uh, his size or anything, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Rock yeah, can easily take them. They have to be. <clears throat> they have to be either massive in size or in skill. And they don't have either. Of, if they don't have either of those compared to the rock, then I'm just I'm just not going to believe it. Like if the mountain came up and fought the rock, I'd be like, okay, this is going to be a fight. Just because, yeah, the mountain might not know anything, but he's a massive human being. So, you know, I I feel like that would be a that'd be a great one. They should just do that. So find a way to make a script around the mountain versus the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because
0: this, uh, as far as skill fighting skill, like. Ernie Rays Jr., he's not a tall guy. And he's not he's he's no. cut and ripped, but he's not like giant like The Rock is. Yeah, he's like five two or something. He's yeah, really small. But that worked because of of Ernie Ray's fight skill.
1: Yep, yep. So absolutely. You
0: you 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 can believe that. I mean look at Bruce Lee out of everyone uh he's fought <laughs> throughout movies. He's fought like Bolo Young. No, he didn't fight him, that was um uh, John Saxon. But I mean he fights uh, all kinds of guys, no one huge and giant. He's fighting guys his size, uh, except for like Kareem in uh, Game of Death.
1: But yep. oh, that's right. Yeah, if he <laughs> if he had, yeah, if he had someone that was, um, you know, like Prime Michael J. White, Prime um, Wesley Snipes. You know, at, at the, it's got to be someone to that level where you're just like, okay, maybe The Rock's in over his head. There aren't many people that I think you can put the rock up against in the movie that you're like, this looks odd. You know, <laughs> I think he's just, even though the rock can't really, even though he doesn't know any martial art at all, he's just this action hero, but he just brings so much from his wrestling background, so much from just his persona that, you know, you really got, it's gotta be really difficult Someone to face up against where you're like, Oh, the rocks overmatched, But this one, it felt like it was even. Yeah.
0: I just cause Jason Statham. I
1: don't know. I don't even know his
0: name. Yeah, Jason uh, Satan. Shaw or whatever. <laughs> oh remember. yeah, Shaw, that's right, Hobbs I and Shaw. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was disappointed with that one. It was more just a comedy, if anything. But um, mm-hmm. we'll see. We got another Fast and Furious getting ready to come out. Um, but uh, all right, what's your uh, third? Pick? So the last one, man.
1: I was I wasn't sure. I I wanted to do something that was martial arts, and so I said Kill Bill Volume One, the Crazy Eighty Eights fight, but then. Because I saw that in theaters and I didn't get Quentin Tarantino at the time, but I'm going to change my answer as we were talking. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be Gladiator. Uh, this is a, this is just a fight scene. I don't know. If this goes outside. It's not a fist fight of any kind, but <clears throat> um, the battle at the Colosseum, the Battle of Carthage, the very first battle, whether in the Colosseum. Do you remember this fight? uh is when he had the mask on still yeah when he first puts on the mask when he very first the first time when he chooses when they first make it when they first graduate to the coliseum and he puts on the mask that has the uh the spikes on it and then after the match is when they find out who he is when he when when um when commodus comes down and says i want to know who this fighter is you know i want to meet this fighter and then he takes off his mask and he says Some "Maximus Decimus Meridius," and everyone's like, "Holy shit, what just happened?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. <clears throat> I actually don't think it was it. I don't know if it was this early or not. Um, but anyway, the, the 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 movie at the beginning of it, if you remember, you know, he's 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 a great war general. He eventually gets turned on when uh, Marcus Aurelius gets killed by Commodus, and basically lies and says that Maximus killed Marcus Aurelius so Maximus has his family killed or gets his family killed and he has to basically become a slave to this war camp and they find out that he has a fighting background has the ability to fight so he basically joins this human cockfighting ring and where it's like this lower level gladiator kind of out in the boonies and when push comes to shove, he finally just reverts back to his training and just becomes a badass. And how it works is the more money you generate, the bigger you can graduate to the bigger pot for whoever owns the slaves that are fighting. And because Maximus keeps winning, he's a bigger draw over and over. Along the way, he has his big are-you-not-entertained <clears throat> kind of monologue, or one line, I should say. And then eventually makes it to the Coliseum, and this battle of Carthage that they're reenacting um, – they're supposed to lose, and so it was interesting that when Maximus came out, the first thing he says to all the warriors that are standing next to him is, "Have any of you served in the military?" And a few of them say yes, and he kind of gives some orders, and that's when you know it's on. They release <coughs> some chariots into the battlefield, and he like gets people in the formation and using just using shields and swords, they manage to flip some chariots and they get they they they, they kill the people that come into the arena. And I saw this in theaters with my dad, and this movie just just hits home for me. This is, like, one of the movies that, <clears throat> excuse me, I, like, recorded on a VHS tape when it showed on HBO. Like, for the brief time we got HBO, and this came on, and I just recorded it on a VHS tape and watched the shit out of this. This and The Patriot. And, uh... I just thought this was like one of the coolest things I ever saw. Cause my dad took me to the theater and watched this and my dad, it was the first time me and my dad ever connected in a fight movie. where We were just like, we went right back in. We asked when cause we watched it in Flagstaff and Harkins and we left the theater and my mom met us up at the front and she was, and she was, my dad was like, do you have anything you want to do that's left? And she was like, what do you mean? He was like, we kind of got to want to go see it again. <laughs> and, so my mom was like, yeah, I can go do some stuff. I can go find some stuff to do. He's like, okay, we're going to go back in and <laughs> me my dad and my little brother, we just did a U-turn right back into Harkins. That's the only time we've ever done that with my dad. My dad's, ne- my dad's never been blown away by a movie like that. And this particular fight scene is what, what did it for us. Do you know, strength and honor is something we always joke around about in my house is because of this movie. But, uh, you know it's just like this movie was just insane and this this scene in particular is my favorite. The the one with the tiger's cool, but the CGI gets to me a little bit, but uh this one was like it just looked all real and I just was I was I was here for it. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved
0: how he just got everyone uh, all together and just they, they just went in there and, and kicked ass. Um it wasn't just hand to hand, it was like swords, it was spears, shields and whatever uh, they could get their hands on at this point to, to survive. And as, as as far as bringing in the chariots, I mean, that was awesome. I mean, the, the stunts during this scene uh, was amazing. And uh, the blood was flying all over the place. I mean, being cut in half, being decapitated. And it was just, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we saw that awesome battle in Braveheart and everything, which was amazing. But this one, especially for the being in the, in this time period in the story, uh, was awesome. And uh, a much young, younger and slimmer um, Russell Crowe. I yeah, don't, I don't know if you've seen that movie Unhinged. He did, but Mm-mm. that's not Maximus anymore. <laughs> he's like, he's like <laughs> full Maximus. <laughs> that's awesome. He's huge in that movie. I mean, not as
1: in muscular as in like he just, just yeah couldn't kept having third and fourths, but. I don't know. Well, even in um, you know, the other guys, he was bigger. Is he bigger and unhinged than he was in the other guys? Yeah, he was way bigger. Oh my gosh. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was
0: like, that's Russell Crowe. The movie's awesome. But I was like, Wow, I mean
1: He's getting a little job of the hut, huh?
0: Yeah, maybe he did that for the role. I don't know. I mean, I am the last one to talk. I'm a big guy, but <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. But watching this film, I just watched Unhinged again for the I think like the third time the other day. But I have not seen Gladiator in forever, and just watching this scene and and listening to you talk about it, I I need to rewatch this
1: movie. This yeah, this movie. I mean, this is this this movie won Best Picture. It's the only action movie to ever win Best Picture, and I think that that in itself is something that always sticks out to me when you know you look at movies like that they, you go to. You go to any movie nerd places, they'll always have those posters of like, oh, the best picture winners for the past, you know, or uh, ever. And they'll be like from the 1920s all the way down to the 2020s. And you'll look at all the movies, you know, you go through the list and you see these movies that are very like dramatic pieces or romance pieces that really are looked at as like these pinnacles of cinema that people reference and they set a bar for. And then out of nowhere, you're like gladiator. what? but you think about it like Gladiator did that you know like Gladiator set the bar for action to be that perfect blend between like using CGI but but really like so subtle that it 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 it, it really just accentuates the stunts that you're using it accentuates all the the, the props and the set that you're using so i really think it was just a beautiful piece of uh, cinema and man i think that was like Prime Russell Crowe. I don't know. I say prime Russell Crowe, then I watch LA Confidential. I'm like, I don't know. I mean there's (laughs) Russell Crowe's got a great great uh you know, just a great history. Great he he's such a freaking dynamic actor, man. He can do anything. You know, he could be an action star, he could be a romance, you know, lead, he can be anything. it, It just blows my mind. But yeah, this scene was great. And I loved it because after this everyone was like okay Maximus is the shit I don't know who this guy is but clearly he's the alpha clearly he's the lead we're gonna follow him until you know we gotta meet the Grim Reaper and that was like it for the rest of the movie everyone was like we protect him we rally around him and I loved it yeah
0: this this movie is is amazing I mean I like I said I need to rewatch it I haven't seen it in a really long time but it's it's just awesome i mean gladiator nice. all the way around um i remember i saw it twice in the theater the first time uh my wife was pregnant with i think um third child and i don't know just pregnant she didn't like the smell of movie popcorn and it felt nauseous the whole oh no the whole movie i remember that clearly because she was like Uh, is it almost over i'm like i don't know i've never seen this and it was one of those long movies too but she she was a soldier she um just kind of just didn't even watch she just kind of had her eyes closed and was just trying not to throw up (laughs) but she sat there with me the whole time but if she would have said come on let's go i would have got up (laughs) and left but she she let me finish the whole movie and uh she Next weekend, I said, I need to go see that movie again because I wasn't really paying attention to the story other than all the fight scenes. But yeah, I definitely need to watch it again because the only things that come into my mind are, are all the the action scenes. Mm. And um, one I just realized watching this clip while you're talking about it, uh, one of the big guys that uh, that was on um Maximus's uh, side dealing with all the little slaves or whatever, he was one of the Universal soldiers. In that first Universal Soldier with Van Damme. no kidding. <laughs> so, I just I don't know his name, but he he was a big guy. You can't uh, mm-hmm. no. He he he's been in a ton of movies, um, and he's always hey, there's that guy, and he, yeah. He's a big giant dude, but awesome. film, everyone. I love Universal Soldier. So did I. I love that. Probably one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I'm all ears. It's great. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and Dolph Lundgren was was even badass in that. <clears throat> yep, yep. I don't know if you had seen the. Uh, I think it was the third one. No, the fourth one. When Van Dam came, not Van Dam. Um, yeah, Van Dam came back for the fourth film, but um, Dolph Lundgren came back as well. He was in that. Really? One. Yeah. Well, there's, I guess I need to go back and watch that. Well, the last two Universal Souls was Van Dolph Lundgren was in them. I want to say Scott Adkins was in the very last one, but I can't remember. Um, they were goofy, but it was good to see both of them on the screen again together. Nice. All righty, everyone. This is my uh, this is the final fight for Fight Society Six, and we could probably go all day talking about uh, all his films because all his films are amazing. Yeah, they're a little goofy and everything, but the fight, the fight scenes in it, and this is um, uh, Bruce Lee's uh, nineteen seventy four film, Way of the Dragon. It's called Wave the Dragon and it's called Return of the Dragon. And I can't remember the other titles they named it. But when I first saw it, it was Return of the Dragon. But um we're going back to the Coliseum in this one, and it's the Coliseum fight with Chuck Norris and and, uh. and Bruce Lee. This this fight scene, I remember like just like oh my god. I didn't see this uh when it came out and I was too little, but we saw it when it when it aired on TV. My brother and I. We were already deep into Bruce Lee. I mean, it, um, th- but this was one of the ones we had never seen. And Chuck Norris, I already knew who he was at, at the time. He he had done some films, but to see these two icon martial art icons uh, fight each other, I j- I just couldn't believe it. I mean, and it's cool. I loved. Um, just Bruce Lee t- again. Two totally different fight styles. Bruce Lee is about speed. Uh Chuck Norris is speed as well, but it seemed like he was more force uh, to to his style. But it was yeah. just awesome. I loved it. I mean, I don't know who would win out of both. Yeah, we would we would root for Bruce Lee, but it, it was just amazing to to see this uh, this fight and. Of Totally, you can totally see that they weren't hitting each other, but it, the the choreography of the fight. Obviously, Bruce Lee was the one that helped it uh, set it all up, as well as the other um, stunt people that were there to to moderate the whole thing. But Chuck Norris was badass. I mean, he was so badass in the scene; he didn't even he didn't even need to say anything. I don't mm-hmm. even think he said anything in the movie, but uh, it was just that build up. Uh, that this American was coming. I think that's what they call him the American. <clears throat> but the, this this whole fight is badass. And um I'm not the one for uh I, I can't grow hair on my chest everyone, but um, <laughs> Chuck Norris is, <laughs> is, is a hairy guy. Shoulders, chest really back. hairy man. <laughs> when I watch this and my wife is like, oh my God, look at that hair. It's gross." She just doesn't like hair, so I guess it's lucky I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> but this scene is awesome. And the other thing I loved about it is the music, the score, and the background. It just gets you hyped. And I don't know what the little kitties uh, that were watching uh, did, but it was cool. <laughs> Every time they'd show those little cats uh, running around in the background.
1: But Yeah, I thought that was so – so what was interesting is um, when – so I, I've never seen The Way of the Dragon – but i've seen this clip so many times and when this came around i want to say when it surfaced in college i watched this and i'm like did somebody cgi this like it didn't feel real <laughs> like because of where you know it's like um because that's when like the in the 2006 2010 that was like prime chuck norris jokes you know <laughs> yeah. It's like when 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 God said let there be light, Chuck Norris said say please, <laughs> you know like <laughs> like the era the era of all the Chuck Norris jokes. So Chuck Norris had this had this uh, you know kind of I don't know if you call it a cult following because it was mainstream, but that's when like the era of Chuck Norris just being Chuck Norris was there, and so th- that's when it added an element of badass because because I already knew who Bruce Lee was obviously, but to see Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee it's like what universe. Are we living in where this exists? And so you're watching it, and it, wh- where I am, in my ma- in my mind, I'm like, I don't know. It's like, who do you really root for? Chuck Norris is a badass, but Bruce Lee's a badass, too. And I think it was just cool to see, you know, Walker, Texas Rangers just just go up against Bruce Lee. It was freaking awesome.
0: I want to say this is the only movie that he was the bad guy. I mean, because mm-hmm. everything else we've seen, he was all he, when he was in the Missing in Action films, Braddock, he he was the good he was the good guy At Texas Walker, Texas Ranger he was the mm-hmm. good guy a Lone Wolf he was the good guy and all the movies he had done I mean I've watched all of them growing up seeing them all either at the driving or in the theater but um this it it is like I you can't believe it I mean
1: seeing two icons fighting each other it's I like mean, if Kobe and Michael like played one on one and somebody actually recorded it you know you're like how is this real you know <laughs> yeah. it's like where where everything is right now it's just like how 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 did this actually happen um but it did it was freaking awesome what i really liked the uh, the like the directing i don't know if it's directing or cinematography at this point but the shots like the pov shots they had of like each of them throwing their kicks yeah. like into the camera i i like that was that was unique i i i had not seen At least, you know, like these older kind of martial arts, kung fu era movies uh, do anything like that. I thought that was freaking awesome.
0: What I loved about these, I mean, as a kid watching them, I'm just watching it for the fights. Not really, really paying attention to the stories uh, in the background. But now that I'm older and I watch these films, the stories are goofy. But again, you're not watching them for the story. You're watching to see Bruce Lee kick ass because there was multiple good fight scenes in in this film i mean even when he was beating up the the little street thugs uh, uh earlier in the film when they were fighting behind the chinese restaurant in the alley i mean all that was badass or or the scene when the guy tried to uh kill him in his apartment uh, came in shooting and there was a sniper across the street and he whittled those little darts uh at a wood and was throwing those around i mean that was awesome but this, the, this final fight. I mean, this was a fight to the death. It wasn't just, alright, I beat you and, yeah. and let's walk away. No, he he killed Chuck Norris at the end of this. And yeah, it goes to the jokes, man. I mean, there's always that one like everyone, ah, oh, Chuck Norris is is this and that, but then you see like a meme and there's a picture of Bruce Lee smiling and goes, I killed Chuck Norris. <laughs> and some, uh-huh. some people don't get that if they haven't seen this film, but uh, it's amazing. I, I love this one. Out of all the Bruce Lee films, Inner Dragon being my first favorite, but this one uh, being my second. Because I, I really do love uh, what's going on in this one. But um, that, was,
1: that was a great last fight, man. Good call.
0: It's, it, it's amazing. But uh, all right, everyone. That's going to be it for uh, Fight Society 6. Um, Ian, brother, man, you you're officially a, a member of the east society now so hey, hey there you go nice <laughs> we'll send you your 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 id card later <laughs> but, nice um, Oh, so. but dude you are always welcome to come on uh I'll obviously we we'll reach out to you again for more fight society but everything else uh, along uh just whatever if you ever come up with ideas and you want to run it by us and do it cool man we Definitely. I mean, every idea is good, everyone. It, it doesn't. Nice. It? It's e-society is just the big entertainment world. So we're, we're all about that. But um, let my listeners know uh, where uh, they can hear
1: you and uh, follow you and everything. Yeah, <clears throat> thanks a lot. So uh, my, my podcast, Native Film Talk, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Just type in Native Film Talk and you'll find it. I got 29 episodes out and uh longmire season one is going to be coming out in a few days and shortly after that i'm going to do an episode on uh the hollywood diversity report that came out that's produced uh, biannually by uh, ucla and they just break down diversity and where it is in the film industry with film writers directors actors and i think it's just pretty cool to talk about that and where natives fit into that but um appreciate having me on this this is always this is always a lot of fun to reconnect man right on brother thank you so much um
0: yeah, everyone, uh, listen to Native Film Talk. I mean, even if you're non-native, it's it's an amazing show, and um, I always learn something new every episode that I listen to uh, that Ian puts out. So because, like I said before, the way you're looking at the at the movies is totally on different on how I watch them. But now, since I've uh, known you and, and listened to your show, I I look at everything totally different now, dealing with the native representation. In awesome. a film it's and, awesome and TV, so your job is done. <laughs> you, I, I, nice. I, I mean, seriously, I've said this before. I never looked at it that way at all. I just watch it. Oh, it's cool. There's natives in this, and that's it. <laughs> so, but uh, there's uh there's another movie I, I got for you uh, to check out. Uh, it's a martial arts film. Came out in the eighties. Um, I mean. I got it here in the pile. Uh, it's a, mi- a, film, a film called Revenge of the Ninja, mm. it, it came out in 1983. Um, there's some native representation in this, no and I, kidding. And I will leave it at that. Uh, w- when you see it, you'll see it. <laughs> so, okay, definitely, uh, like to hear you talk about that one. So, I got it pulled up. All right, cool. Yeah, write that one down. <laughs>
1: um,
0: the guy is native. So, but it's, um, we'll just leave it there. I'd like to hear your thoughts, uh, on it. Uh, but the movie's awesome. I loved it. It's 80s, it's cheese, but, um, I love, uh, ninja movies. So definitely, uh, check that one out. But sweet. All righty, everyone. That is going to be it this episode. And, um, again, brother Ian, yeah, um, just thank you in, in our language, everyone. So until next time, everyone. Come back again, and we'll see you guys all next time. So until then, uh, just be safe out there. Party on. We're going to